Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Person lacking mental power. What's her last name? I'll look it up. Starts with an S. Swappy. No. Swap. Swappy. Nah. Maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the. Oh yeah! It's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. Idiot. An adult mentally inferior to a child of three. Skis, huh? That's right. The years? Uh huh. Both of them? Cool. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up today in the modern eye. See if they've learned. If they've grown, yeah. if they've become smarter maybe well, over time. I don't think that movies can become smarter. They're frozen in celluloid. <laughs> like Han Solo. Maybe we'll become smarter. Oh, like okay. we'll realize something that we liked a long time ago was bad. <laughs> that never happens on this show. Because we're dumb. <laughs> well, there might be dumber people. There might be dumber people. But before we get into whatever movie we're going to talk about, <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah, we haven't been coaxing towards it. First, we should thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us one, three, five dollars a month to help keep the podcast going. Puts a little gas in our tank. Yeah. 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 Helps us keep on the road. Sure. Sure. To yeah. wherever we're going. <laughs> and if you give us a little bit of money, you get a few perks like the podcast early. Every once in a while, release a Patreon-only podcast. Yeah, and there's also no ads, so commercial-free. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Not tainted by capitalism. Yeah, we're like Netflix before next month or whenever, when Netflix is going to put in ads. What? Isn't Wait, that, what? They're talking about putting Wait, in ads. Stop the podcast! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. They're, they're talking about maybe putting in ads for only Netflix shows between Netflix shows, which makes me think you guys don't know what you're doing. But wait, isn't there already ads like on Netflix? Like whenever I open it up, it's like, Paddleton! <laughs> now you're watching this! Yeah, you're gonna be depressed. Watch this movie. <laughs> Thanks. I like how fucking Mumblecore Mark Duplass became one of the flagship creators of Netflix. <laughs> yeah, shiny, Here are some cheap Netflix. movies we can show. <laughs> no, he's For good. Sure. No, he's great. I, yeah. I, but I did watch Paddleton. I don't know, man. Paddleton. We're not talking about Paddleton. We're not. T- we're not. 
Today we have a movie which is much more important to talk about. Yes. A seminal film. Well, one that might be a little, uh, you know, might have come up in the news a little bit lately. Really? Well, because of its its creator. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're talking about Dumb and Dumber. Exactly. The 1994 comedy, buddy comedy, if you Mm -hmm. will, directed by Oscar winner (laughs) Peter Farrelly. That's what I was alluding to, yes. Yes. Yeah. If you have had your head stuck in a sand for the last three months... You might be dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Rest in peace. (laughs) No, it was the Oscars and Oscar season, and all the drama was frothing and foaming. A lot of people had their hearts set on their favorite movies winning. I know Mm. a lot of people were rooting for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. Queen. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it's about. That is what it... Yeah, yeah. Uh, this color commentary over here. Well, because the queen won an Oscar, so they were like, we're some queen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're three-fourths of queen. Oh, man, as soon as that movie like did a modicum of good, like everyone was like, get Elton John movie going. Like They were just like, get every other movie about a musician going. Yeah. 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 So he missed the boat. This was the year for musician movies. Lady Gaga... The Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, you know, I'm I I am looking forward to the Elton John Rocket Man movie. Yeah, to see this flamboyant but straight performer get his due. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Taron Edgerton. He's gonna be great. He's gonna ski and what else? What other movies have he been in? I don't know. He's he's gonna do some parkour. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'll learn about the actor when he's nominated for Best Actor. Okay, sounds good. But we're not here to talk about any of those movies. We're here to talk about Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. And, yes, the director of this movie did win the Oscar, much to the consternation of many people who yeah. felt that— He deserved uh, it for Movie 47. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I think this was like a catch-up Oscar, right? Like, he did s- such great work, and they were like, we need to—like, you know, Jeff Bridges got a catch-up Oscar. Blaine— I shit you not. That has been written about this movie since Green Book One. No, no. I read an article. I, I went was, through. I, I was went trying to, to be funny. <laughs> I went I wasn't. to Internet Mordor, <laughs> Breitbart.com. Oh, no. And there was an article saying that Green Book won the Oscar to make up for Dumb and Dumber being snubbed. Wait, Breitbart News said that? At first, I thought it was The Onion, but. <laughs> Well, it was just the real fake news. All, all of their headlines seem like the onions, so it's hard to peel back the layers to see the truth, which they assume they do. So, I mean, if somebody else has written it on the internet, then I think there must be something to it. I think we owe it to our listeners to investigate the Oscar worthiness of Dumb and Dumber and talk about whether it was snubbed in favor of whatever won the Oscar in 1994. <laughs> No. The English patient? We just lost half our audience by you saying, we must follow up Breitbart News. <laughs> and we're going to find out about Obama's birth certificate. <laughs> Speaking of dumb and dumber. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that that was actually a theory that people are espousing. It was a catch-up Oscar. Yeah. This movie doesn't deserve it's, – it's very, very funny, and I remember seeing it when I was a kid and, like, laughing my ass off. Like, I mm. found this so – And feeling moved and changed. <laughs> my whole outlook in life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a new person because mm-hmm. I saw this movie. You were like, I think I'm going to be, from now on, smart and smarter. <laughs> I w- I've learned the error of my ways. 
I once was blind, but now I see. I once had no! a parakeet, but now, no. I Okay, Blaine, when was the first time you saw this movie? Since you're entirely jumping the gun. I am. Ju- I, I wanted to get to it. I saw this movie when, when it first came out in the theater. I, I loved it. I thought it was so funny. I saw it with some friends at the time. and Were you already a Jim Carrey devotee? Because this was his year, man. This was the year that Ace Ventura came out and The Mask, and this was like the third shot in the triple threat. Yeah, I, yes. I loved him. I loved The Mask. Well, we talked about The Mask. We talked about Ace Ventura. But like, did you love it going into this? Yes. I, yes. I, I loved Jim Carrey. Yes, I, I, yes. I, so many I times, just, yes. I just loved his, he was so big, and I was like 13 or 14, and he just, it's like Adam, like, did you see Adam Sandler's new special on Netflix? I did not. I was like, this is perfect for 13-year-olds. You know, like, <laughs> he was just so, he's, his comedy is perfect. And, and same with Jim Carrey, like, I. I Silly can, voices, farting. He talks out his butt. <laughs> Who doesn't love that? And I loved it as a kid. I thought it was so hilarious. I thought he was kind of the almost the teen version of Robin Williams. Like mm-hmm. he was a little dumber in his comedy. I, I believe he portrays dumb in this movie. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. I'm looking at IMDb right here. So he he was just he was a marvel to me at the time. And so watching this movie, I thought it was. It was very, very funny. All the sight gags were very funny to me. And now, I kind of fell in love with Peter and Bobby Farrelly, too. Whoa. Yeah, this was the start of my, my love affair with their mo- stupid, stupid movies. <laughs> and I still like them so much. But I have to say, there were things in this movie where I was like, no, Farrelly Brothers. Right. No. Why are you a product of your time? <laughs> so I mean... I, we might have to question that product of your time. Yes, fair I mean, that enough. is a big question. Like, you know, a lot of the reason, a lot of the controversy around Green Book has been about whether it is regressive. Like, it's a movie from 1987 or 1967. I mean, people have been outright calling it reverse driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's pretty great. I like that. I see that. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. When did you first see this movie? I don't think I saw it in the theaters like you. I believe I saw it on home video probably around the same time as like the rest of the big Jim Carrey movies came out. And I, I definitely thought this was a more mature entry mm. to the Jim Carrey canon. Oh, wow, you did. <laughs> That's right. No pet detectiving. No. No, no mask. There's, there's pets in it. Work. <laughs> no mask work. <laughs> That's great. He's going back to university to study Commedia dell'arte. And so... <laughs> I, I really remember enjoying this movie, and I also, as much as I love Jim Carrey, I also really loved Jeff uh, Bridges. Is that who it is? <laughs> yes. I think I think you pronounced the, uh, the last name Goldblum. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced. But I... Uh, Daniels. So I, I love this movie, and I even remember my high school girlfriend... She was like a very like sort of proper person. Like she she was training to be an opera singer, and that's what she does now over in Germany. But she was really upset because this was her mom's favorite movie. Oh, because her mom loved fart jokes. <laughs> that's great. That's why her mom loved this. Yeah, that's great. I you know I like an adult that can be silly. There's so many adults that are like, I have to be an adult, and Jim Carrey is not one of those people. Yeah, I mean, I like a movie that takes the wind out of. Yeah. That sort of seriousness. Exactly. Yeah. So so she hated this and you loved it too. I, I think I appreciated it more for that reason. Okay. Yeah. 
that's mm-hmm. that's my story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know. So, do you want to run down the plot of Dumb and Dumber? It's pretty intricate. I will try. Okay. Which one's dumb again? Oh, I think we have to go back to IMDb for this. Okay, so it starts. Everyone's seen this movie, but it's probably been a long time. So, just a refresher. It starts with Jim Carrey. He plays Lloyd Christmas. Yep. He is a limousine driver mm-hmm. at the beginning of this movie. And he is roommates with a buddy named Harry. Yep. Who is a dog groomer. And a worm farm owner. Well, that's that's just the dream, Blaine. Oh, they, I'm sorry. They haven't got the capital to get that off the ground yet, as he explains to Mary mm. in the limousine. Right. But these two guys, they're idiots. <laughs> sure, yes. They're not the brightest bulb in the bunch. So he goes to pick up his next ride, mm-hmm. just like an Uber, yep. and it is this woman. And <laughs> what a woman. And what a woman. He falls instantly in love with her. He's he's Lady Gaga over her. <laughs> and it's, it's ridiculous. Like, there's, like, the love theme playing. He's, like, it, he looks like he's having a heart attack against the door. And this might have been a, a, a true moment for Jim Carrey because didn't he, didn't he date this woman? Yeah, they actually did end up being in a relationship for, like, a year and a half. I think that's as long as it would last, but yes. But that's sort of like a Jim Carrey trope. Like, he did the same thing with Renee Zellweger, didn't he? Uh, maybe. I can't see her lasting longer than a year and a half, though. <laughs> Not even Bridget Jones could survive that. Yeah. But he asks her where she's going. She's going to Aspen. She has a briefcase. She seems really, really nervous. Not just because she's in a limousine with a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, who's missing part of a tooth. And whose hair has been cut underneath a bowl. Like, he's, he's, yeah, he looks like an idiot. Blaine. What? I thought that you were a better person than one who judges people by their appearances. <laughs> what is, okay, I'm sorry, Rob. I, I don't. A chipped tooth, that could happen to anybody. Yes. A bowl cut. We've all been there. <laughs> Actually, it, it put, Johnny, one of our frequent guests on Rewatchability, chipped a tooth just by drinking a glass of wine. Oh, that must have been some wine. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so it can happen, but it, all, all taken together, it's a, it's a package. It's too much. Anyway, so he drops her off at the airport, but he notices that she has left her briefcase in the middle of the terminal. He, like, impossibly notices this. She's walking through the airport for, like, 15 minutes before she leaves his ba- leaves the bag down. Well, he's, like, and following her. He's, like, driving alongside. Yeah. She's, like, on a train that's pulling away from the station. <laughs> and he sees the bag. And so he swoops in as these two people are approaching this, what we come to know as a bag drop. Yeah. She's trying to drop off money. It's, it's like a, a... It's like a Craigslist sale. <laughs> <laughs> I got this nice Samsonite briefcase for $30 or a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just picked up something at Craigslist on the weekend, and it was, it was a little it's, – it's a little weird because you have to go – I was like, oh, I, I thought they were going to bring it down to me. And they were like – like in the buzzer, they're like, come upstairs. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't even know if you're a human. Like you might be a robot waiting to kill me. And when they opened the door, they weren't wearing any clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on but the radio. No. I thought they closed this section of Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's just creepy. Anyway, he he grabs a bag. He runs and tries to get Mary uh, on the on the plane, but her plane has since left. Yeah, it's already gone. Mm-hmm. And he's also wrecked his limo, so he gets fired. Yeah, he's he's out of there. Yeah, this he's, is. I'm going to start to a movie we did in December. Uh, Ernest saves Christmas. Where he's driving the cab, he's driving someone to the airport. Oh. He's an idiot, and then he loses his like. Whoa, 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 whoa. slow down. Ernest <laughs> is an idiot. He's dumberer. <laughs> That's the character he plays. Are you saying that Peter Farrelly ripped this off no. of Ernest Saves Christmas? No. I'm starting to wonder if there wasn't a real Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he goes home, and we see that they're roommates, uh, Lloyd Christmas and, and... Harry Dunn. And Harry Dunn. Yeah. Is that the name of Bruce Willis in Unbreakable? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I think his name was Dave Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, title, title role. Title role, Bruce Willis. But we see that their lives aren't so great. They both lose their jobs. They're, yeah. you know, they're just living in this crummy apartment. The only creature that they have in their lives other than each other is Harry's parakeet, Petey. <laughs> yeah. Nice little bird. Yeah. Do, do they, like, repeat stuff, parakeets? Are they, like, one of those? No, that's a parrot, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it won't repeat stuff any anymore. Where's the booze? I got robbed by a sweet old lady on a motorized cart. I didn't even see it coming. Oh, Harry. No. Harry. No. Come on, Harry. You're up. It gets worse, Lloyd. My parakeet, Petey. Huh? He's dead. Oh. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Harry. What happened? His head fell off. His head fell off. Yeah, he was pretty old. I feel like if parakeets repeated things, then the Farrelly's would have made, like, a dirty joke about it. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think we can infer science from what... (laughs) The Farrelly brothers Don't make jokes about it. Don't make (laughs) fart jokes or... Fair enough. But... But so they come home and the the bird is dead. They can't find any jobs. So they decide that they've got to go to Aspen and return this suitcase to this woman. Mm-hmm. That's how they're going to start their new lives because their lives are pretty shit. Yeah. So they go on the road. Yes. And got some conventional road movie things that happen. Yeah. Well, we should say they're like driving in a giant dog. Yeah. Too. That's pretty funny. Yeah. There's the tropes. There's like the truck stop diner and yeah. stuff. They get to the diner and they have some trouble. Harry throws like a salt shaker back and like hits a trucker named yeah. Seabass. Yeah, yeah, it's a great name. It's a good name. Yeah, and then they they do this like routine where they say that they apologize to Seabass and you know say we'll buy you a couple of drinks to make up for it. Yeah. And then This is one of my favorite gags in the in the movie too because Jim Carrey is like, "Oh, like they'll pay for our meal." and and it kind of goes through like that. And then he's like, how did you come up with that idea? He's like, oh, I saw it in a movie. He's like, what happens to the guys in the movie? He's like, oh, they track them down and murder them. It was such a great movie. Like, that's, that's great. That's so funny. But do you know what movie that is that they're referring to? I do not. It is Something Wild starring Jeff Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. 
<laughs> London Bridges. Wait, what's which which Jeff is this again? This is Jeff Daniels. Daniels. <laughs> Yes. It's, see, you screwed me up because before the podcast, we were talking about A Star is Born and Bradley Cooper's voice, which was Jeff Bridges. Yeah, he definitely did Jeff. No, it's Jeff Daniels is the dumb, the dumber one. We're or am I? We're supposed to know movies. We yeah, don't but, know nothing. This movie has made us dumber. I maintain that Jeff Bridges, Jeff Daniels were like the understudies for the Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman confusion. Oh, yes. And now that True. my beloved Bill Paxton is gone. Yeah. Who am I supposed to get confused? Well, now you can get these two confused. Thank you. It's allowed. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Daniels was in Something Wild, so it's like a clever meta joke. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They also get pulled over by a state trooper yes. who is played by Harlan Williams. In all, he's, in, he's in a lot of them. He's in Something But Mary, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in a lot of their movies. A lot of the Coen Brothers movies. Actually- Coen Brothers. <laughs> oh, shit. I've done it again. <laughs> Yeah, the Coen Brothers made. I want to see a remake of Dumb and Dumber done by the Coen Brothers, and yeah. I want to see like a remake of Fargo or no, No Country for Old Men by the Fairley Brothers. Yeah, I want to see that cross pollination there. That'd be great. Here's my theory. Okay, they're the same. <laughs> There's actually just two brothers, <laughs> and they both make these different sorts of movies. One makes more serious dark movies, <laughs> and then one makes more stupid movies. But they don't want to be pigeonholed, so they have. Two separate brothers that's created so that they can do this. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And it's... they each get one Jeff. <laughs> that's good to know. For dramatic true, roles, true they grit. get Bridges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. For comedies, they get Daniels. And so Francis McDormand is married to Peter Farrelly. Peter Farrelly. Okay, that's cool. You I didn't it. know. I didn't you got know. It. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. One thing I was going to say was that apparently because – We'll talk about more about this in the behind-the-scenes portion of this. Yeah, but after the break, yeah. The studio did not want to cast Jeff Daniels in this role. I know. I heard about that. Yeah? Because he wasn't considered a comedic actor. He's so funny in this movie. He's hilarious in a lot of things. I love him in Squid and the Whale. Yeah. He's hilarious in that. <laughs> okay. Blackbird. Yeah. He was yeah. hilarious in. Okay. <laughs> Good. Lots of funny roles. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, Newsroom. Apparently, the studio originally wanted to get Harlan Williams to play the Harry role. Oh, that would have changed his life. Yeah. And he wouldn't have been in that movie Rocket Man, which I believe was an Elton John autobiography <laughs> right. or bi- biopic. Yeah, okay. Instead, he had to, like, drink piss. That's a, that's a fall, <laughs> a far way to fall. I'm so so sorry. Well, but I don't think they used actual pee on set. What? I know this was the Fairley Brothers' first film, but they probably realized that you don't need to use the actual thing that the person is drinking. I don't know. They they play a lot of pranks on their actors on set, from what I've heard. And off set. (laughs) So you never know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he's funny. He's very funny. He's very all, funny. all his bit parts are, are standouts in these movies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They go down the road further mm-hmm. and uh They pick up one of the assassins sent to or the guys that were trying to pick up the briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, Joe his name's Joe Mental. Okay, <laughs> right. Apparently. Good. Played by Mike Starr. They've been following Jim Carrey the and Dumb Jeff and Daniels. Dumbers, dumb yeah. and dumber. Yeah. They pretend that the car's broken down to get them to pick him up. Yeah. And then they stop at this barbecue joint. Yeah, yeah, like another roadside spot. Yeah. 
and they end up killing him. <laughs> they murder that man. <laughs> they kill him in cold blood. Yeah, he has a good role, though. He makes the most out of that role, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. While he's not looking, they put the jalapenos or whatever on his burger. Yeah. All through the movie, he's been complaining about an ulcer. Yeah. And popping these stomach pills. Tums. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because he has gas, too, apparently. I don't know if they know what ulcers are. Because they're like, he's like, oh, I have an ulcer. I need to take this. And then he's like, they left a note for the gas man. He's like, how'd, how'd they know I have gas? So that's a leap. That's The whole world isn't about you, first of all. And second of all, I don't think ulcers give you gas. I don't know. I think they just help bury your emotions. So <laughs> I think that's what ulcers do. Do you remember that Bernie Mac had the same like character trait in Bad Santa? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which didn't that have a, ha- a Coen Brothers hand in it? Exactly. The Brothers. <laughs> yeah, this conspiracy theory is starting to hold water. That's right. Yeah. They love gas. And he needs his pills, his gas pills, so they give him what he was going to kill them with, which is rat, rat poison. poison. Yeah. yeah. But that's actually used for medication. They use that for heart medication. Uh, rat poison? Yeah. I, okay. Do they? I'm going to fact check this, but I believe it's true. I think you better switch doctors. You don't think Dr. Kilmore is trying to hurt me, do you? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> Killmonger and Black... Anyway, it doesn't... <laughs> what name is that? You know you're going to be a bad guy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, there's there's some other stuff that happens. Like, when they get further on down the road, they have another encounter with Seabass when they're stopping for gas and Jim Carrey goes to the washroom and he he reads some washroom graffiti yeah. while he's there that happens to say at the exact time that he's in there to be there for some some good loving some some man man on man action yeah yeah is what it says and that's coincidental and uh-huh. then Seabass shows up and he's the man he's the man with the action uh... And how do we talk about this? <laughs> First, we have to go to a... No, I, I think it just... It, that was one of the parts where I was like, oh, this is just so uncomfortable. It's like Seabass is now going to, like, rape Jim Carrey because he made him pay for a meal. Or, like, so that doesn't really stand up. So is it because he's gay that he's going to... So I was just like, I don't know what the Fairley Brothers are saying right now with this this whole thing. Like, I think we know what they're saying. <laughs> They are, I mean, they're brothers that grew up in, like, uh, a low-income area, and I'm not making excuses for them, but I, I think oh, that was, so like— Oh, so all low-income people are homophobic now? No, but it's, like, it's, it's kind of, like, where I grew up. I, I can, like, that's where everyone—everyone made jokes about it, and everyone, like, called each other the F word, and everyone, like, gay was a derogatory term, and so, like, I feel like that's where they came from. And so they were putting it in this movie a little bit, and they put a lot of their their upbringing in the movie. It just it's just too bad it's in here. It just I I just I stopped laughing right away, and I was like, oh, I'm not enjoying myself anymore. Mm-hmm. It it just kind of sucked because I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I mean, this was 1994, so yeah. it was totally cool to make fun of gay people or assume <laughs> that gay people were just trying uh. to. You know, if a gay person came across a straight person, they would just have to rape them. It's yeah, just the well, way... that was the gay panic, right? And I think it's it's really pre- prevalent in this movie, way more prevalent than I remember it being, mm-hmm. where, like, a lot of the jokes are about them being, like, oh, like, don't get too close to me because I'm a man and you're a man. But mm-hmm. then they're saying things that are, like, betraying that kind of 
the fact that they're putting forth. So yeah, it yeah, I, it just sucks that like a lot of the jokes are coming out of that. I don't know. Yeah, even later, there's a scene where they are sharing a hot tub. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the other scene. This I was is one. About. And Jim Carrey starts talking about how he wishes that Harry had a set of boobs. Right. Yeah. And because if he did, then uh, he would split him like a cord of wood. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's only one thing that could make this moment any better. What's that? If you had a nice set of knockers. <laughs> That's two things, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good thing you're not stacked, Harry, or I'd be banging you right now. <laughs> I'd show you what a real man can do. Split you like an old piece of firewood. You'd probably like it, too, you big homo. Shut up. Don't tell me to shut up, woman. That was also an uncomfortable moment. So uncomfortable. Because it's weird. It's just weird on so many levels. And it's not nice to anyone. It's not nice to the character that's saying it. It's not nice to women. It's not nice to... He's like, and you would probably like it, you old homo. (laughs) Yeah. Woman. Which is like, they're going for the fact that they're so dumb that they don't know that they're being slightly homoerotic by saying that. so but like i don't i don't know they're just so mean by saying those things like she just seems cruel and mean in today's day and age yeah like that particular scene the yeah. hot tub scene i think is like a totally different tone than the rest of this movie yes like where yeah harry and lloyd make fun of each other Lloyd makes Harry the butt of all of his jokes or whatever. But this one, not only was it mean and homophobic, but it was also like menacing. Yeah, it just yeah, it just seemed a little darker than the movie wanted to be. Yeah. And yeah, and kind of took me out of it. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Was but anyway, they get to Aspen. Yeah. After, like, having a fight, they realize that this briefcase is full of money. Yeah. And now the movie starts getting a lot of fun. Like, m- way more fun. Yeah. And they decide, you know, as they can borrow some of it as long as they keep track and put IOUs and everything. So, instantly, they start <laughs> rolling down the street in Ferraris, yeah. buying expensive ski gear. Yeah. It looks like the cheapest ski gear ever, though. Lloyd, he... he He doesn't have the guts to talk to her, so he sends Harry Mm -hmm. to sort of introduce him at an opportune moment. But Mary's mom ends up sort of recommending that Harry and her go skiing together tomorrow. Yeah. And so they have, like, a romantic interlude. He, he like, beats her up at one point. Like, it's, it's a really weird romantic interlude. Yeah. Like, he he really gets in a snowball fight with her, and it's to the point where it's a little uncomfortable. But she's fine, and it's all right. There, it's Looking back on it, there there are those things. It's kind of like there's there's some homophobic things in it, and there's some, some real sexist things in it, and it just it doesn't... Those things are kind of like... I want to look past Wait, them. Wait, what sexist things? <laughs> well, like, he... I don't know. He kind of assaults her on the ski hill. She doesn't really have a character... There's, what? there's a bunch. And I think this movie is at its best when it's childish and churlish and impish, 
but there are those moments where you're like, oh, it's it's a little of the wrong type of childish. Blaine, right here's now. the thing: you can't be funny without hurting somebody. <laughs> you have to punch down, right? You have to. <laughs> right. You're gonna punch up? No, no, you're no. Those people punched. give you money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would you punch up? No. <laughs> but he tells Lloyd that he secured a date for her, so Lloyd is waiting at a bar mm-hmm. for her to show up and thinks that he's been stood up because she's out having a good time with Harry. Yeah. Which and is not a good friend move. No. And we meet another character, this this other woman who's there. On there a, is on... another woman in this film. <laughs> There's at least one more. There are two females. No, there are so, three women. So it passes the back to... Nope, it doesn't. No. But she's kind of talking his ear off to try to... You know, it's like almost like she likes him, and we have no idea why because he is being just awful to her. Well, she she was but the we woman. We find out why later. She was the woman that Harry was speaking to earlier, and yeah. had told Harry to call her once they got the Aspen. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, yeah, didn't get his number. But eventually, he finds out where she lives and goes to her mansion and sees Harry there, and then he realizes what's happened, and he decides to get. Revenge. And the way to get revenge is with x lax That's the only way to do it in a comedy. So It's the only way to do it in life. <laughs> they watched Man of the House, and they were like, we're going to do it this way. <laughs> so <laughs> This may have been pre-Man of the House. We oh, don't, okay. we don't know. Okay. But you know what? This was a very, this is very influential. Mm. Like, would we have bridesmaids if not for Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, flabbergasted. We we probably would. would. (laughs) The funniest thing about that scene that I totally forgot is when he's on the toilet and she leaves the house and he's trying to like go on the date with her is that he totally disassembles the toilet and dumps it out the window because the toilet can't flush. And that's just so far to go. And it, it reminded me of the something about Mary scene where he's trapped in the washroom, too. There's a lot of good washroom fairly stuff. Yeah. yeah. The Fairleys spent a lot of their time in the washroom. <laughs> Just coming up with jokes. <laughs> How do I get out of here? <laughs> Where's the door handle? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I read on the internet that Jeff Daniels met Clint Eastwood, and Clint Eastwood was like, same thing happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Clint Eastwood watches everything like it's a drama. Like, there's no humor in anything. Yeah, well, he just shot the toilet six times. <laughs> yeah. No, he just talked to the toilet like it was a chair. Feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> oh, my God. I know what you're asking. I've flushed five times or I've flushed six times. <laughs> Any which way but loose bowels? No, anyway. So he takes her back to the hotel, and he shows her the, that he has a briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when the bad guys reveal themselves. <laughs> Which is the most opportune time to do that. Yeah. All, the, all through this movie, there is a family friend who is played by Charles Rocket, like the mastermind. And he, he's finally like, just give me all the money. And they're like, ah, we spent it. <laughs> My favorite part of this scene is when Harry is about to, he's coming up to tell Jim Carrey the truth and be like, I was a bad friend. And I, yeah. you know, and then he's like, Oh, you're already together. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and they're, I'll leave hand- you too alone. they're handcuffed at the bed. <laughs> He's like, oh, you two found each other. Great. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I laughed a lot of that, too. Yeah, and then the the woman who Jim Carrey was ignoring sort of bursts through. Turns out she's a cop. She's been yep. following them the whole time. And then they're saved. Yeah, and Mary gets her, her husband back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, it's kind of fucked up, right? That, like, her mom... 
Yeah. You know, her husband's oh, been kidnapped. Oh, I didn't even think about what, that. A week? And her mom's like, oh, go skiing with this stranger. Who knows? Could be a love connection. Her husband's still alive. Yeah. She's trying to find the money to save his life. And her mother's like, go out with this guy that you just met. He seems strange. Mom, my husband's still alive. Oh, honey, they don't let the hostages live. <laughs> oh, God. You need to move on. You're a widow soon. <laughs> <laughs> Plan ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And then they just start walking back home. There's one final scene where they're stopped by a bus of Swedish swimsuit models or something like that. Yeah. Looking for two men to... Either oil boys? Yeah. yeah. And they send them on down the line. Maybe there's some, some men in the other town. Yeah. Because they're dumb, Blaine. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I got that. I think I got that in this movie. They wouldn't even go on this bus full of attractive women, where presumably they would have carte blanche to do whatever they wanted sexually. <laughs> presumably, yes. Because that's how... As, a, as, a, as the male writer-director of this. <laughs> that's how the world works. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, for sure. So that's, that's, the, that's the movie. That's, that's the whole movie. That's the whole thing. All right. Yeah. And I think it's pretty easy to see how that should have won the Oscar. It has all the elements. Romance. Oh, yeah. Romance. Road trip. You know? Mm-hmm. Oscars like that. Ulcers. Oh, like that's man. A, you the know, pain. Internal pain. I just, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had to overcome sure. that. Exactly. He should have gotten Best Supporting Actor, I think. Yeah, and it dealt with the issues, is what I, I think I loved about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it deserved the Oscar. I think Breitbart... Is right, Bart. <laughs> no, it's not. No. No, it's the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's Dumb and Dumber. I've got a lot more to say about this movie. Okay, well, I'll, I'll leave. And, uh, <laughs> and when we come back from the break, Rob will be here to tell you all about it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking about Dumb and Dumber, the 1994 drama by Peter Farrelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those educational things where we learn a little. Well, we had to watch it in the school. They yeah. showed it to schools. Just to like learn how to interact with uh, people that are different from yourself. Come to think of this, I might have seen this in school. <laughs> oh, God. This is what they did for history class. When they, they were like, ah, we were teaching World War II, but... Uh, you guys need to laugh. Yeah. You guys need to, <laughs> you guys need to forget about that for a second. All this war is a drag. Man. So, uh, Dumb and Dumber, it was a huge movie, but it was a very unexpected success. It was the Fairley Brothers' first movie. They hadn't directed anything before no. this. They, they were like, they were, weren't they like screen doctors or script doctors before this? They like helped studios kind of perfect their movies and, and rewrite them in, in-house? They may have. I'm not too sure about that. Okay. 
That's um, what I've heard. I know that they spent several years trying to get a script produced, and then it never happened. Yeah. And this was sort of what happened instead. Mm-hmm. They had, like, a lot of different actors that they tried to get for this. Like all movies, they go through a casting process. Okay. Originally, some of the names that they wanted were Nicolas Cage. Well, of course. Everyone wants Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, let's, let's not drink and cast. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's fine. He asked for too many dinosaur skulls. <laughs> also, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh, they just went full Martin. Yeah, full Martin. Okay. I think those guys are actually on tour right now together. Yeah, well, they have... Doing their own Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, they well, it kind of is. Their, their Netflix special is right. kind of like that. Yeah. It's yeah. a little Dumb and Dumber, actually. I they, kinda... would, they would have been good, but like this, this isn't the 70s or 80s, you know? I don't know. This is the 90s. You're right. It's not the 70s or 80s. So, like, I feel like they needed they needed two new powerhouses, you know? Yeah. But I do feel like Steve Martin and Martin Short's humor is sort of similar. Like, yes. they still kind of have, like, a mean-spirited, yeah, the other guy's bit. the dumb one sort yeah. of comedy. Yes. Like, I remember watching the special with, with my wife, and, and she was, <laughs> she was like, Martin Short had this whole joke about fucking his cousin, and just, like... How she was so stupid to Marnie? do it. Marnie? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, she's so dumb. But I was like, I, I, I can't find this funny. Like, this is creepy and weird. And I was like, that's their sense of humor. <laughs> like, just totally forgiving him. Get it? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I think that would have been good. I could see. I could see. I don't know whether the jokes would have played as well. Steve Martin is as physical as Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. but he can play that kind of like, I'm so smart, but saying dumb things kind of character yeah. like Jim Carrey was trying to play. Well, I mean, I think he would play the opposite role. Like, he would be the straight man. Yeah. Like in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, nice. But eventually they cast Jim Carrey just as he was sort of starting to break out because... You know, his first three really successful movies came out all in 1994, and they ended up having to pay him $7 million to to play this part in a movie that was budgeted for only $16 million. So he was getting almost half the budget. Almost half the money went to Jim Carrey. Well, now who's dumb and dumber? Yeah, and I don't know if you're smart enough to know math, Okay, but if you think that there are two stars in this movie— Oh, and yeah. assuming, like, you know, they pull about the same amount of weight, they must be paid around the same amount. If they were both paid $7 million, that would only leave $2 million left to make the movie. And they spent it all on that parakeet. <laughs> but you just can't make a movie for $2 million. Yeah. So they had to pay Jeff Bridges only $50,000. No. Oh, Jeff. The great Jeff Bridges. Oh, God. $50,000 they paid him for that role? <laughs> Jesus. And when Jeff Daniels found out, he was pissed. He was like, that's my money. <laughs> Jeff Bridges, $50,000, not even to show up. That's what I like about, about him. He's such a good actor. <laughs> I did actually uh, write Jeff Bridges on my notepad. Oh, God. No, they only paid Rob. Jeff Daniels $50,000 to That's be in horrible. this movie. Which is, I can't do the math, but that is a fraction of what Jim Carrey got paid. Anything can be a fraction of anything, Rob. I think you're wrong about that. <laughs> but only by a little bit. 
can one be a fraction of one? Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> God damn it. I'm not smart enough to know. Okay, so you have a chicken, a fox, and a bag of corn. How do you get them across the river? In a boat? I guess a boat's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> I don't think you set that question up, Brett. But I think we're pretty smart for figuring it out so fast. Uh, so is there... <laughs> Is this part of the trivia? No, I haven't gotten to the trivia. This is the behind the scenes part. There's no questions in that part of the thing. I don't okay. know how much you know about trivia. Okay, I'm going to say it is 0.5% of 7 million. I'm wrong. It's not. Okay. But isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty. I, I I feel like did he but did he take it? Like of of course he took it. But like was he I don't know how unhappy he was about that or even if he knew about Jim Carrey getting 7 million dollars. I'm not sure that he knew exactly how much Jim Carrey got paid. I think that he knew that it was a lot more than him. He just accepted it, I think, because it seemed like the kind of role that he wanted to do. And I think he wanted to work with Jim Carrey. So he accepted the low amount of money. And I think it paid off for him because it really sort of propelled his career. Yeah. Not in comedy, but... <laughs> no, his stand-up you know, is not on, good. On, Off-Broadway. You know, people, <laughs> people saw him for years. I think he might have taken... Just because of what you said. Like, he was not a comedic actor. And, like, every big actor does once in a while to get their, like, festival film... Uh, or to be in the movies that they want to make, they take a big pay cut, and then they go and do a Marvel movie afterwards to make yeah. The money. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man. Oh, that's Jeff Bridges again. Shit. <laughs> Goddamn. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, what other... Okay, I think now we're on to trivia. Oh, okay, that was the behind the scenes. That was the whole behind the scenes. I thought I was going to learn that they really ki- killed a parakeet. No. Or uh, or that worms weren't harmed in the making of the movie? or I don't think the worms were actually in the movie. Okay. I don't think they actually got worms. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> because those dogs probably had some. But, you know, worms can be a, uh, a helpful medical thing. Like, if you have, like, certain allergies okay. and what they do like they're really bad allergies like they can't even go outside and so what they do they is they worms? swallow a tapeworm what and that forces their immune system to fight the tapeworm because what was happening before was their immune system was fighting too hard at regular shit which wasn't a problem and when you got worms your body's like fuck i got to take care of that <laughs> uh, probability of 1 to 100% rob uh, what's the probability that you would eat a tapeworm what if I already have? <laughs> God damn it. That's why you eat all, all our lunches. Do you want a piece? Oh, I don't want a piece of Come your... up, little guy. Oh, God. <laughs> Just putting a chocolate bar on your tongue. It doesn't work that way, Rob. Okay, so first question. Okay. The two characters in this movie are named after a famous silent film star. Can you name that silent film star? Harold Lloyd. Correct. Yeah, I love Harold Lloyd. Of course, Harold Lloyd is best known for that stunt where he's like hanging off of a clock face. Uh, you know? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Okay. Also, he's known for supporting an effort to keep his Green Acres community in Hollywood white only. Oh, no. Ah, that's horrible. That's horrible. 
That's what I, that's the only thing I read about him when I uh, when I looked him up. It's you know he. Oh, I also read that he married his actress wife and then said that she couldn't be in any more movies anymore. Oh my god! Yeah, and then he let her be in like one before he died. <laughs> god damn. So Harold Lloyd, kind of a jerk. Great, great. Per- he's just trying to hold back time. That's what he's doing. Oh. Yeah. Um, safety first. That's the movie. Safety with the first. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah, but yeah. you got that one. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. For knowing a monster. <laughs> he's very funny. He's, he's, he's a he's, funny monster. He's a funny monster. <laughs> Laugh at the monster, children. Okay, so the Coen brothers, the Fairley brothers. <laughs> no, the Fairley brothers. Had an assist on this film. Okay. Like an, like an assistant. No. Okay. Like they had somebody else who wrote a draft of it, oh. an early draft, but who wasn't credited. So the three credited writers on this are Bob Fairley, (laughs) Peter Fairley, and another comedian named Bennett Yellen. Sure. But who was the uncredited fourth writer? George Shouten. Wrong. Uh, No. uh, Oh, uh, is it someone surprising like M. Night Shyamalan or something? It's M. Night Shyamalan. I thought I remembered that. It's not M. Night Shyamalan. Damn it. (laughs) It's John Hughes. Oh, John Hughes. Yeah. All right. And so you can sort of see some parallels in some of John Hughes's work. Like we talked about yeah, planes, when, trains, and automobiles. When they get like trapped in that library and just share their, their emotions. That was a cool scene Very, in, in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, and then they found out that they're not just like class stereotypes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not just dumber. <laughs> I also like parakeets. And then they like made that girl from the magazine come alive. That was also pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So I can see the influence in this movie of John Hughes. I mean, there's the mean sort of sense of humor that we've talked about. Yeah. It's a road movie. Yeah, the road movie is big in John Hughes, eh? He loves that shit. Yeah. I just rewatched Dutch the other the other week. What's that? It's like a, it's a John Hughes movie with Ethan Embry and Ed, what's his name, from Modern Family? The old guy in Modern Family? Anyway. Oh, Coach. Yeah. No, no, not Coach. Oh, yeah, not Coach. Uh, Married with Children. Yeah, Married with Children. And it was it's a great movie, but it's a little mean. Yeah. There's that tinge of meanness to it. A tinge of meanness. Which is fair. You can, you can kind of have that meanness, but... It doesn't fly. <laughs> okay, so third question. Okay. I, I'm doing really well. I haven't even researched this movie. You're doing okay. Okay. Well, we'll see about the third question. I could go three for three here, and I feel really good about that. The hotel that Lloyd and Harry stay in is famous for another reason. What is the famous hotel, and why is it famous? Oh, was it the Grand Hotel? No, um... What? No, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's too late to be right. <laughs> Well, you got to give a guy a chance to to rehabilitate over here. Okay. Like, do you, do I'm, you know I'm the like answer, Michael Cohen? I uh, I don't know the answer. What's the answer? Well, it was filmed in the famous Stanley Hotel, which was the inspiration and model for the Overlook Hotel in uh, The Shining. What? Yeah. I did think it was weird when they opened that elevator doors and that blood, blood came, came out. out. Yeah. And then the guy in the bear costume. <laughs> yeah, that was also weird. I mean, I was offended when Jim Carrey called that guy a homo. <laughs> but That guy just shows up at the truck stop in full bear costume. <laughs> you know what's going down. 
But apparently, Jim Carrey actually requested to stay in the infamous Room 217 that uh. Stephen King stayed in when he had the terrible nightmare that inspired him to write The Shining. Wow. And he only stayed there for three hours and then ran away, like left, refused to go back in, and would apparently only go into the hotel itself at the last minute to film his scenes because something spooked him. He could have afforded an exorcist. He was paying $7 million. Just get someone in there. (laughs) Jesus. The power of Christ compels you. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of a drama queen is what I'm going to say. That's cool. Wow. So it wasn't the hotel or like the set that they used for The Shining, but it was the inspiration for Stephen King writing the book. Well, Stanley Kubrick, when he made the movie The Shining, they filmed it in London. So The Shining Hotel from the movie was modeled almost exactly off of the Stanley Hotel. Right. And the Stanley Hotel was later used for the 1997 The Shining, which we talked about way back ago in Shining vs. Shining. Yeah, maybe I'll put that up on the Patreon as, yeah. the, as the old one. That's fun. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Pretty neat, huh? Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that like there was a absolute drama filmed kind of in around the idea, and then this stupid comedy was filmed at the same time. There's another Not same time, but filmed there later. There's another filmic connection, which I'll mention because I can't expect you to know this bit of trivia. Okay. But they filmed the skiing was all done on Copper Mountain. It did look a little orange. No, what, what Copper Mountain, why, why do I know that? I don't. don't. Know. Okay. But <laughs> it's good. before he was famous, Jim Carrey was in a TV movie slash infomercial for Club Med with Alan Thicke called Copper Mountain. Weird. It's like going back home. Wow. <laughs> That's, he's being haunted by Copper Mountain. Yeah, I think so. And maybe Alan Thicke. Dude, it's too soon. Oh, yeah, he's dead. I'm sorry. Fuck I, you. I forgot. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Okay, so Should here's, have known. here's a trivia question for you. In the script, Mary Swanson's boyfriend was supposed to be played by a big celebrity in a sort of metafilmic way. Who was supposed to play Mary Sweeney's boyfriend? Jeff Bridges. Correct. <laughs> that would have been great. No, it's not correct. Well, throughout the movie, they call him Mel or Melvin. Oh, Mel Gibson was supposed to be. Yeah. That would have added a whole another layer to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the time, Mel Gibson, for those people who don't remember, was a respectable actor. Right. Yes. He made movies. He was once an actor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, not like an old crank. Before he was an infamous racist. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Or before, yeah, I guess he's like, that's pretty much the only thing he's known for now. That would have been pretty funny, though. It would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking about Taron Edgerton for a second, and he's in that movie, The Kingsman, and they, to begin that movie, they they kidnapped Mark Hamill as a celebrity kidnapping. Yeah, but Mark Hamill has never said something racist. (laughs) No, I'm not saying he did. He talked some shit about Ewoks. How dare you bring that out of the Ewoks? Oh, he hated them. (laughs) Little furry bastards. Hey! They're people. (laughs) They're people. They're not people. They're Ewoks. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. That would have that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Well, that's uh, that's my trivia. That's all the trivia. That's all that's, that's done. I think that's all that I have. There were, of course, we mentioned there were sequels to this movie recently. I think it was like four years ago. Yeah, there was the official sequel. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah, with two spelt like T W letter. Yeah, two blank. Oh, oh, okay. But there was another sequel that had no involvement by the Farrellies called Dumb and Dumberer. Yes. Okay, you seem like you have some special knowledge about this. Yeah, well, my friend and a guy that came on rewatch a while ago, he uh, Adam Brown. He J. Adam Brown. Yeah, he auditioned for the the role of Harry as Dumb and Dumberer. Wow. Yeah. He almost got it. He was on the shortlist. Really? Yeah. But wait, wasn't it like Sean William Scott or something? It was, yeah. I think they were, they were like, it was one of those things where they were kind of like using another kid's leverage. Oh, yeah. So Maybe. Like, I don't know. You know, Sean William Scott, we got Jay Adam Brown. He was big in Snow Day. So, uh, you know, Chevy Chase said a lot of nice things about him. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he almost got that role. And he was, re- he was really upset when he didn't get it. He was like, oh, because he loved that movie too. Did he try out for Dumb and Dumber too? No, no. Like, I know you've got your heart set on this Jeff Bridges guy. <laughs> Jeff Daniels, you son of a bitch. Oh, it's really? not even he a wasn't joke available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but yes, there was that other kind of straight-to-video sequel. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. I never saw it. It was supposedly really bad, but then so was the official sequel. It was really bad. It wasn't even, uh, it kind of didn't even feel funny. Did you see it? Yes. I saw it in theaters. Because I had such fond memories Take of Dumb back. and Dumber. And it just it just missed the mark. Like, they were dumb, but... Uh, Not dumber. They weren't They weren't too, you know? They weren't Dumb and Dumber too. They were all right. It just seemed like they needed to do something else. Like, it, it also just kind of shed light on this movie is just one joke over and over again. It's just them being stupid. There's yeah. not... There's not it is smart in the way that it reinvents that joke every single scene, but it is kind of the same joke. Mm. It is kind of the same dynamic between them and between everyone and them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It almost it almost like affected my thoughts about the first movie, seeing the second movie. Wow. Yeah. And that's The same thing happened with me and Mamma Mia 2. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's the music. It's the music. It just wasn't there. They, yeah. they used up all the ABBA hits in the first one. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, what are you left with? Oh, God. Nothing. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's disappointing. I thought about watching the sequel to talk about it, but yeah. I'm not that dumb. Yeah, so, don't. It's no. fine. Yeah. You don't need to. But the soundtrack for this movie was really big for Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised, like, rewatching it, listening to the soundtrack. I was like, oh, all these songs are pretty fun. It's very much like a part of the movie, and yeah. a lot of the songs are very, very tied to this movie, mm-hmm. like that Dead Eye Dick song, mm-hmm. New Age Girlfriend or whatever, right? And yeah. uh, the Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead. Okay, <laughs> which one was that? The Crash Test Dummies song. Oh yeah, yeah. You remember them? Yeah, I do remember them. Yeah. Superman never made any money saving the world of all of our Was that? That's how low he sings. That, I couldn't even hear you. It's like the lowest note on a piano. I think there's whales in the ocean just when they heard Rob's it. talking. <laughs> <laughs> or they went, 
I also liked that this song featured Nick Cave's red right hand yeah. before Scream ran it into the ground. <laughs> well, that movie, that song's in a lot of movies. That song's in like four or five movies. Because it's I've a seen. fucking awesome yeah, song. It's a pretty sweet song. Though there are other great Nick Cave songs. Lover Man. Okay. Could go in anywhere. What wasn't was in this movie? No. No. But yeah, a lot of good lot of good soundtrack to this movie. A lot of good songs. Yeah, I like I feel like this movie sort of made a slice of the alternative rock radio of the early 90s. Like, mm-hmm. I remember hearing these songs because I was in school at the time, like at dances. Right. And you went to dances? No. <laughs> <laughs> your whole I just story heard about it from apart. some other people that I talked to. <laughs> you were allowed to dance in your town? Mary Moon, she's a vegetarian. <laughs> it's like Mary a whole Moon, song making Mary fun Moon. of a woman for being a vegetarian. I know, it's very weird. Yeah. But vegetarians suck, so. <sighs> we still have to deal with it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Blaine. We still have to deal with it. One of my friends keeps on making fun of me for being a vegetarian. He was a vegetarian for eight years. He went back to meat and went, I'm better than you now. Yeah. Uh, society. Other cultural influence. I know that this has become a meme, mm. particularly the scene where Jim Carrey asks Mary Swanson what the chance is that <laughs> yeah. they will end up together. What do you think the chances are of a guy like you and a girl like me ending up together? Well, Lloyd, that's difficult to say. We really don't. Hit me with it. Just give it to me straight. I came a long way just to see you, Mary. Just least you can do is level with me. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! I literally use that line in my head at the end of every one of my production meetings. <laughs> where, like I pitch like a TV idea to someone. They're like, uh, yeah, that's interesting. This is Canada. We can't really do that. But maybe there's a co-pro thing that we can do. And I'm like, so you're saying there's a chance oh, when there's no chance. There's absolutely none. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard yeah. on rewatchability. <laughs> That's my career. But uh, Mitt Romney as well <laughs> has been using that line whenever people ask him if he'll run for president again. That's pretty funny. That's great. Yeah, the one that like sticks in my mind from this movie and I use a lot too is uh, I like it a lot. When he's uh, when he's he just says it with his open mouth. He goes, "I like a lot." See, I thought that was a Forrest Gump reference. Yeah, but it's like he says it more foresty than Forrest. Uh, I just like the way he says it better. Who the fuck is this guy to be making fun of Forrest Gump? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> mocking me. Yeah, but that's dumb and dumber. That's dumb and dumber. The Oscar-worthy dumb and dumber. Don't, don't. You can't just parakeet Breitbart news, okay? <laughs> and I have some questions <laughs> about Benghazi. <laughs> But her emails. It seems like we haven't really closed that matter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so did you think that this movie was rewatchable, Blaine? 
You know, the, we we harp on a lot of movies in on rewatchability, and I think we've come under flack lately, Rob, for really for taking somebody s- cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, for for taking movies that are like beloved and showing kind of the darker side of them. I think we also take bad movies and show the good side of them. So this movie, there's a little darker undertone to it uh, that I didn't remember. Uh, that went over my head at the time when I first watched it, and now seeing it kind of takes me out of it, uh, a little bit of the homophobia and the sexism. But I think it's still very, very funny, mm-hmm. and I laughed a lot while watching this movie, and so I think it's definitely a product of its time. I think it's could have been better as a product of its time, too, and I think it was a little, you know, probably... A little stupidly made sometimes, but mm. I think... It was their first film. It was their first film, and and I think that there was so many funny parts to it that I laughed. I, I'm going to say it's rewatchable, for sure. Oh. What about you, Rob? What about you? Yeah, I think it's rewatchable. Yeah. There are, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the a lot of the humor does pull me out. I, it is one of those things, like, where you can't expect... Maybe a movie from 1994 to be that enlightened. And I also think that it's – it is what it is. It's a, it doesn't purport to be anything good. No. It's a comedy movie with the comedy. The comedy is funny. And I still find the Farrelly brothers very funny and yeah. the stuff that they do. I don't always think that they're well-constructed movies. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fact that like the – romantic conflict between Harry and Lloyd comes like five minutes before the end of the movie, which is just sort of like flat and deflated. Yeah. You know, is ridiculous. And the whole the whole Charles Rocket plot is like barely there. Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't seem to build to anything. No. You know, there doesn't seem to be any climax of the movie. So I don't think it's a great film. It's no but I think it's a funny movie. It's a, it's a cute vid. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice flick. Yeah, you'll catch it on the YouTubes and you'll uh, you, you, you like it. You can yeah. scroll through it. Yeah. It'll be great. Did you see Green Book? I haven't seen Green Book. I, th- I hear it's just as funny as Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. It's one of those things where I think... I, I I don't even know if I could watch it now that like it's so loaded mm. because a it won the best picture Oscar. Yep. A lot of people don't think it should have, right? <laughs> then also But wasn't like Brett Ratner directing it until What? No, some director got fired off it, didn't they? I'm going to I have to look I think up. you're thinking of Bohemian Rhapsody and Brian Singer. Yes, I am. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you can cut that out. No. <laughs> no. I am, like, as annoyed by the conversation about Green Book as I'm sure I would be about Green Book because it does seem like one of those movies that has, like, a pat message about racism. Like, I spent a lot of energy being angry at The Blind Side, another movie that I didn't see. <laughs> so have you finished that sentence? I was like, what do you have against The Blind? <laughs> I sold them a parakeet. It's <laughs> awful, Rob. <laughs> Those movies and, like, those tropes of the movies that are made for white people to feel good about themselves for having mildly not racist views, like, (laughs) yeah, we don't need any more of those. But then also, like, just the conversation around the movie 
yeah. has become so like weird and toxic almost. Like you just yeah. can't have a conversation about whether or not you like this movie as a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's whole the whole yeah, I mean I think the debate around the green book uh, like people calling each other racist online stuff for certain things and I don't know. Did you did you see the hearing Cohen Cohen hearing? I saw the whole Cohen hearing. Yeah. And they asked him whether he thought Green Book was racist. And he said, <laughs> I've never experienced Green Book to be racist. It could be racist. You know what? On the break, we're going to look that up. I'm going to watch it. We're going to come back, and I'll tell you. But, yeah, there is the Meadows who said that the, the one congresswoman was calling him racist, and she had to kind of apologize and say, I wasn't calling you racist. I was calling what you did and what you said racist. Like, I, I feel like she was being so good about it, and he was just this, you know, older white man being like, oh, my God, someone called me racist. How dare you call me racist? And, like, I'm sure that you can, like, if if we can't talk about the racist things people say without calling them a racist themselves, then we're not, I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, why am I even talking about this on the podcast? Yeah, there's nothing good that we can say, and now we're racists. Okay. It just happened. <laughs> just, we just got, this, we're just in. We're just in. And that's rewatchability for this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts where you can rate us, and you can write a little review if you're so inclined. You can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. Yep, and see our guest column on Breitbart News. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's entitled, Why Are We Here? Dumb and Dumber, Not Racist. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get the most hate mail for this one. This is going to be the one. We'd take any mail. <laughs> 